Welcome back to the Turnbuckle Tavern and another edition of our Visits the Tavern live from the No Cell Studios. I am the ace of the tavern, Stephen Acefield, and I'm joined today by a very special guest, the Culture Bear Osito. Thank you so much for joining me. How are you doing today? Oh, man. Thank you for having me. Like, this is a great opportunity. Like, super stoked, super blessed just to be here, especially like the fact that you thought about me. Like, amazing. <laughs> Dude, so awesome. And I got the Wonder Wheel in the background playing, playing tribute to the Coney Island roots. And we're going to get into that, of course. But Let's start off with the year ahead. I mean, we're just the beginning of 2023. We're about two weeks into the year, to be exact. What are a few things you'd like to say about your 2022 as you reflected on it? And what are you looking forward to in this upcoming year? Man, 2022 just took me by storm. Like, I had no clue, like, what was going to happen. You know, obviously, none of us know what was going to happen overall. But 2022, like, it was just weekend after weekend after weekend going to like different places different shows meeting people like left and right having their energy like come to me and i i get them reciprocate right back i'm like man like that was an awesome year like blessed year and i man i'm super happy about it yeah and uh, honestly you came into my in, on my feed with your your instagram and i know you're rebuilding the followers back up and as you guys can see on the the bottom over here you can follow at osito underscore lego make sure you guys check them out and uh, yeah, I know you're trying to rebuild that Instagram because as some people fall into that, they get hacked and you have to rebuild it. So make sure you guys go out and follow him. It's well worth the follow. He's posting highlight videos and things that he's doing over the weekends and he's all over the place. Thank all you right, so much. So your moniker is the culture bear. So Osito is, if forgive me if I, I'm, I'm wrong here, but Osito means teddy bear in Spanish, loosely translated, right? <laughs> Correct. So yeah. what was the influence to that? And just, I guess, explain how the culture bear nickname came to be. Um, you know, like Hispanics always have like nicknames for like for family members and stuff. And mine just happened to be Osito. It was actually given to me a while back and it just stuck with me. And I, when I was asked, yo, what do you want your name to be? I said, Osito. And I didn't realize like years later, that's going to be like my, my wrestling name. <laughs> Absolutely. I mean, bears seem to resonate huge with you now and your in-ring persona. And you mentioned it was from a nickname, but what about the energy and presence that bears bring? Do you channel in the ring with you? Because it seems like you're always doing the last fighting bear. You're using bears in your Instagram posts and on hype hype promos. So how do they resonate with you? Well, uh, bears to me is like my spirit animal. Like they're very calm. They're very collective. They're very family oriented, just like myself. Like very calm, very collective, very family oriented. Like to me, family is, is everything. But when it's time to turn up and something happens with family or friends, they get very aggressive. They get very protective. Uh, their energy goes from zero to a hundred. And that's how I like to emulate my style. Like when I go to the ring, like when I feel that energy from the crowd and all the love that they're giving me, I make sure that I give them the best I could possibly give them. hundred percent. And you know, the mask too, we're, we're, you know, you're wearing that awesome mask and you and I were discussing what mask you should wear coming on here. And you have a whole <laughs> bunch. You got that psycho mask. You wear pro wrestling magic. This mask is awesome as well. And designing and eventually choosing a mask is important for you in your journey of becoming a pro wrestler, I'd imagine. So what was the process like? Uh, what does it mean to you to wrestle under a mask and carry on the great legacy of Lucha Libre? Uh, the mask is like an identity. It's like a form of art. Uh, it's very expressive. To me, this mask specifically is, is with my Puerto Rican heritage. So uh, I have multiple different masks, different colors. I also take tribute to a lot of influences over the years in terms of like guys that I look up to, like Jushin Thunder Liger, my green mask is based off of him. Um, I, I'm a big diehard Power Ranger fan, <laughs> if a lot of people didn't know. So a lot of my power, um, my mask is designed over like through the culture, which is the reason why I'm the culture bear. Like I 
I'm very influenced by all the things that's going on, like from food to comic books to uh, movies, shows, and I just implement it in my style and how I look and everything, and I present it into front of the crowd. And it seems like it, it honestly gives you a lot of freedom and creativity to do the things you like. I mean, look at guys like Ray Mysterio. You mentioned Jushin Thunder Liger. You could always change up the colors and have the same consistent look, but really change it up more so than a guy who's just wearing tights. And the mask itself reminds you of Tiger Mask, Eddie Guerrero wrestling in Japan. Was that an influence for you as well? Oh, man, big, big influence. Matter of fact, I'm going to show you one of my masks that has to do with Eddie Guerrero. So it's just paying respect because, you know, obviously we got to pay respect for the guys before us. So this mask right here is very Eddie Guerrero Black Tiger Mask inspired. And then this right here is like how I see life. I see life as a balance. So everything in life is very duality based, like good, evil, this and that. So all my mask has the symbol besides this one. This one has the Puerto Rican flag. So I don't know if you can see on the camera, but this one yeah. shows the Puerto Rican flag. <laughs> that is awesome. And yeah, I, I can immediately tell that it was influenced by Eddie Guerrero with your own little twist on it too. Um, yeah, I mean, we'll get more into the Lucha Libre and your influences in and out of the ring, and I'm sure Eddie will come up again. But aside from Lucha Libre, I see other styles in your wrestling. Uh, do you want to talk about them and other styles that catch your eye when you're watching pro wrestling? Um, I'm very huge into feeling the energy when you're in the ring. So uh, when it comes to style, like, I, I love, um, I mean, everything about Lucha Libre I love. I like grappling, um, strong style, Japanese style, um, the cat, the, you know, the, the damn, I can't even think of the name. Um, man, World of Sport. I don't know if you know that. Oh, yeah, is. yeah, yeah. Yeah, it's very like hold for hold. I, I love all that stuff. Like everything about wrestling is just very beautiful. It's very um, fancy. And depending on who you are, like the style is going to change. Even my opponents, like who, whoever I'm facing, my style is going to change. Yeah, and utilizing the grappling from the strong style. And like you mentioned too, using the amateur technique, like a guy like Kurt Angle, the technical approach. Bix with that makes you a unique person to wrestle because the adaptation you have to make in different promotions and I'm sure you could speak to it. when you're working in front of a Lucha Libre type of crowd. I'm sure you're going to go a little bit more to that style. But when you're wor working at a place like or is a wrestling or pro wrestling magic, it's more of sort of whoever you're in the ring with. Right. Mm -hmm. it, it, it all depends on who you're in the ring with. And also it depends on who's watching you. So if I feel like when I'm watching them, like behind this, like behind the stage, if I'm looking at how the crowd is reacting, I'll probably like change up the style like last second. And I'm like, you know what? I think they might like Lucha. Oh, I think they might like this style, so I change it up every single time. And you mentioned before, you know, you you turn to a different level when something is threatening your family, similar to like a bear. And I love that approach for the character in the ring as well, because it's always a good time when you come up. And we'll get into Darren Richardson and you guys teaming up and coming out to the ring. It feels like a party. But when the moment clicks where it's time to win a match, you really feel it in the ring that you guys are taking it very seriously. And that's a delicate balance. So I do recognize that with you in the ring. It's fun. But also, it's very, very serious. Of course, we're trying to win. <laughs> we're always <laughs> trying to win. <laughs> so it's so, always turn up time. But like in the ring, is is a little bit different. Like we're trying to get the W. We're always trying to see if we get our scoreboard up. Because at the end of the day, like everyone loves fun and energy. But when it comes down to the ring, it's all about the Ws. Hundred percent. And wrestling is all about storytelling. And a lot of wrestlers are utilizing facial expressions to help tell the story further. You have your mouth exposed. You can you really can't see your eyes under the mask. But so how do you compensate for that under the mask when you want to really tell a story to the crowd and be like, 
I'm in trouble here. I want to elicit some sort of sympathy from them. That must be challenging. Uh, it, it definitely was, especially with my first mask, my OG mask. It was very covered. So I had my mouth covered and it was very extreme. It was extremely hard for the fans to see like what was really going on, but they could see it through my body expressions, my mannerisms. Uh, when I get hit, like I have a different reaction than hitting somebody, for example. And um, on top of that, I do a war cry that a lot of people are getting familiar to, which I know bears don't typically sound like that, but <laughs> that's it's definitely a war cry. Like when I do that noise and I hear the crowd doing it right back, I'm like, wow, like this is amazing. Something's happening, you know? That is awesome. And, you know, speaking of the war cry, we probably heard it at House of Glory. You made your debut back in March 2022. What was that experience like? And talk about taking on Mantequilla. Uh, and what did you learn from working with him? I and mean, he's a talented dude and we see him all over the place. But I'm sure that was uh, an awesome experience for you. Yeah, so it was a training match. It was um, it was a student showcase where all the students were going against one of the higher-ups, you know? And I was blessed and fortunate enough to go against Mataquilla, which is amazing because uh, a little short story with Mataquilla, but, like, before I got into wrestling, I met Mataquilla at a local show, and I asked him, I saw the hog sweater. I was like, hey, man, like, how was the training there? And he told me, hey, you got to check it out. And then maybe, like, two weeks later, I dropped out of college, and I – I joined House of Glory. <laughs> that is awesome. And when and I joined House of Glory, years later, I faced Mantequilla, and I even told him like how much it meant for me to face someone of his accolade because Mantequilla has been everywhere, and everyone knows who he is. I have a lot of respect for him. To me, he's like an older brother, but um, when we was in the ring, I learned a lot. Like I learned about how amazing it is to have a to be blessed and fortunate enough to wear a mask, you know, and the traditions behind it. Yeah, and you carry the legacy on, like we mentioned before, of Lucha Libre, and I'm sure it's its own, you know, fraternity that fraternity that you guys have and that you take on, and guys that you've never met that you wrestle under a mask. I'm sure it's some connection you guys both feel, even mm -hmm. you know, newer wrestlers and wrestlers that have been doing it for 20 plus years. So it's an amazing thing. It's carrying the legacy and just having respect for all those who had the mask before me, and on top of that, just um, leaving a legacy of my own. Hopefully, one day, like impacting maybe the the next generation. Absolutely. And so let's talk a little bit about Remarkable Wrestling. Uh, you've competed at Remarkable Wrestling a few times. You made your debut in the 30-man Rumble. Uh, and then you also have been teaming with Darren Richardson. We're going to get back to Darren. I promise we're going to talk about him. And he just celebrated his one-year anniversary. So definitely want to talk about him. Yeah, he's dope, man. He's dope. <laughs> How did you like working with Remarkable? And do you have any specific goals you'd like to accomplish there in 2023? They're going to be crowning their Riot Championship. Uh, this, uh, well, tomorrow, this is Aaron Friday. So Saturday at sky's limit first ever ride champion will be crowned in a ladder match. We're going to be having the tag team champions crowned between fight or die and miracle generation. You were part of both of those tournaments, I believe. Right. So how are you feeling now with remarkable wrestling? Is there any sort of future connection you want to have with them? Uh, remarkable wrestling. They gave me the opportunity to be a part of the Warrior rumble match and the Warrior rumble match happened kind of like last minute. So I also teamed up with Smiley. So Smiley told me, hey, man, like, there's spots open. So I went, me, Darren Richardson, and Rochi Roach, which is another guy that people should look out for, too. And when we went there, we felt the energy from the crowd. And we was like, man, like, there's a lot of good talent here. Like, even in the locker room, like, very good guys. And Remarkable Wrestling just have, like, so much talent that I feel like people have to check out Remarkable Wrestling for themselves. Like, to see, like, the next generation of talent right in front of their eyes, you know? Yeah, and like, like, you know, Osito just said, we have a show tomorrow, uh, Saturday night, Deer Park, Sky's the Limit. Osito was not being booked there, but in the future, you never know, you may see Osito there. I'll be ring announcing for 
for uh, <laughs> and I did I did get to meet you. Uh, I'm not sure if you remember that, but I did meet you the night of the Halloween show. I do the ring announcement. Oh yeah, for. yeah, yeah. I was wearing so, the, the the purple one. Probably. Exactly. Yep, you were in the purple mask. So uh, let's get to Darren Richardson. I mean, we just talked about him celebrating his one year anniversary. Posted that dope highlight video, and you guys hey. formed the team PPA. Uh, you get you can get into what it means to you. And it seems like the general consensus is that you guys are there to have a good time, bring the energy, get the crowd up to whatever promotion you're at. Uh, speak on working with Darren and what makes you guys a really good team. Uh, I'm going to start off with what makes us a good team. What makes us a good team is that in real life, uh, be, behind the wrestling um, curtains, Darren's like a brother to me. Like he's a younger brother to me. We hang out all the time. We speak on the phone all the time. And we're always running ideas to each other. And then the fact that we got the tag team and remarkable wrestling gave us the platform to tag team we was just like man you know what what's gonna make us different is our energy like when we come out we're just gonna be us completely and just do what we have to do and the great part about that is like when i'm a little down he brings me up and when he's down i bring him up energy wise and he's definitely someone that i feel like in 2023 like people are gonna find out a lot about him because this guy could do literally anything and everything like he's super talented and i'm just blessed to call him like a brother of mine a, a great friend and i hope in 2023, like either I'm opposed the ring from him or I'm probably joining him, you know, like hopefully God willing. Um, but Remarkable Wrestling is a great place and I would love to be back there if given the chance. Yeah. And so going back to PPA with the name and uh, protection <laughs> agency is the first, the second part. Can you explain the first part or what it means? Or oh man. So <laughs> <laughs> the, the first part was, uh, you know, it was a little confusing. The confusing time we were just getting out there. And we was just looking for a name. And it all happened because uh, me and Darren, in real life, we, we got heartbroken, you know? You know how the, the love game is. So we got heartbroken and we kind of went against the whole, we were kind of rebellious and we called a certain name, but we changed up the name. So we're no longer what we were before. We're, <laughs> we're going <be> <laughs> to be called passion, pursuit, aggression, aggressors moving forward. Because we both have a passion for this. We both have a purpose. And in the ring were just straight up aggressors. So the name before, I don't know if I should say it because I don't want to get banned, but it was definitely uh, not what we think about our local queens, you know? Understood. And yeah, that's why, you know, when we did talk on the, the Halloween show and I'm like, all right, do you want me to call you by the name and then go with the acronym? You're like, no, it's just PPA right now. So, yeah. Uh, <laughs> so I like, so the, I like the, new, uh, the new meaning. I like that. Yeah. Passion, pursuit. I mean, pa um, passion, purpose, aggressors. There you go. PPA. <laughs> awesome. So let's get back into more general wrestling conversation. What's a commonly held belief about pro wrestling, specifically Lucha Libre, that you really disagree with? That you feel like, all right, this is not something I agree with and I want to do something different in the ring? Uh disagree with. Um, I don't know. I feel like I agree with a lot of the customs and traditions. I feel like um Lucha Libre is Lucha Libre is basically free fighting, and just like in life. We're all fighting. We're trying to stay in, alive in this world. So a lot of us, we put our, our heart and soul into the ring. And when we come back, we all have, like, regular lives, like some of us. So um, we try to protect ourselves, but also, like, give the best we could give in the ring, outside the ring, and stay professional. One thing I maybe don't agree with, at this moment, I really can't think of anything because I, I felt like my whole life um, I looked up to only, like, luchadors, you know? Like, right. mass wrestlers and how they carry themselves very uh superhero like you know 
So at that yeah. moment, I really don't know what, how to answer that question. <laughs> <laughs> no, that's okay. I mean, typically some other people have answered the question about just approaches in the ring and about, I guess, shoehorning yourself into one style, uh, not putting yourself oh, okay. in a box, that kind of stuff. But, you know, honestly, bringing more towards Lucha Libre and, and abiding by traditions, that seems like very, it's a very important thing to you. And that's very respectable. Yeah, I'm now thinking about it like the the guys nowadays like Bandito and so many other guys that like Pentagon, uh, Ray Phoenix, all these guys are like killing it. They're doing so many different styles, but I feel like with Luchadores, like just their aesthetic and their their presentation alone, like these guys are like super dope and they're very respected. Now, uh, to change up the style, I feel like everyone should change up the style once now and then, you know, because. Not every single opponent is going to be ready for what you're going to give them. And sometimes they are ready for what you're going to give them. So you have to switch it up time to time. Yeah, so some of the critique that American audiences specifically have on Lucha Libre is the choreographed nature that some of it has. And it feels like, you know, it's a little, a lot of participation between the two opponents where you have to suspend some belief. And of course, with wrestling, as I always say with everybody, wrestling is always suspending belief. You have to, when you're watching wrestling, there's so much that happens that, you're in that world and Lucha mm -hmm. Libre is the same way. I mean, you're waiting for a plancha and you want to protect the guy as he's coming down on you. Uh, but that's the beauty of the different styles. We talked about strong style with, you know, go with the Japanese style with a guy like Minoru Suzuki or like a Shinsuke Nakamura, or you go the, the extreme other way with Ray Phoenix and a guy like commander and GCW who's been crushing oh, it. Yeah. Like, but that's what makes it beautiful because wrestling, everyone has a different interest and you want to catch the interest on a show specifically independent show that you're working i'm sure that you know there's a whole bunch of different styles going on and you want to stand out so the, mm -hmm. the lucha stuff has to stand out in the car because there's not that many people doing on the american indie scene no not at all so let's go with your mentor and you mentioned mantequilla was like your entry your entry into house of glory i guess talk about your training at house of glory and who is your mentor and who's someone you can call Aside from Darren Richardson, just to kind of shoot the shit and talk about what's going on in the ring. Yeah, of course. Uh, so my mentor is Amazing Red. He's um, he's a mentor. He's a sensei. He's a father figure. He's like, I I owe him big time. Like, um, not only that he trained us correctly, he also trains us how to live life. You know, like, uh, be respectful, do what you have to do. Um, on top of that, like, the goal in life is to be fulfilled with whatever you want to be fulfilled with like make sure that all your importances are there like your your values are there as well so um i've been training for um uh, three years and then i got my blessing and training there it's it's intense man like very very intense like not only not anybody just goes there and train that's why um glory is a very special place we we learn from the the goal himself like the the guy that deserves more credit if you want to be honest with you, the guy that made every single move possible. <laughs> so I'm similar in stature. And uh, when I looked up to him and I found out that he was uh, the trainer of the school, I was like, perfect, because this is the guy I want to learn from. And I was a huge fan of his uh, when I was very younger. And I actually met him in Coney Island when I was 12 years old. So that's the cool part of the story. That That is awesome. So that's full <laughs> circle. Um, before we get to that story, because I definitely want to hear about you meeting him when you were 12 and like how that happened. Just going back to Amazing Red and just the approach and the relationship with him, it, like, it's amazing all the accomplishments. And I think a lot of wrestling fans need to recognize his contributions. I mean, go back to the Destroyer and different types of moves that we see on a daily basis, the Code Red, which we see on Red. TV mm -hmm. all the time. 
he's an innovator. And I mean, his time in, in TNA was beyond. I, I remember he caught my eye. It was as a, as a fan that only existed in that WWE land. And when I, when I saw him wrestling, I, I couldn't believe what he was doing in the ring. And that's not exaggeration. I, if you guys are not familiar with Amazing Ren, I'm sure a lot of people that are watching this are. Do you some favor, watch a compilation package and go check out some of those early 2000s TNA run where he's the X Division champion and going out there and crushing it. So, yeah, I completely agree with you. And that's amazing that he gave you his blessing and he's someone that you are learning under the learning tree of. Mm-hmm. This guy, he he did it all. He did it all. And we there's so many students that are under him. And every single person that's under him, we have a lot of pressure because we're trying to do right by him, you know? And doing right by him is uh, continuing the legacy and somehow like in our way, you know? So let's go back to the story about you meeting him when you were 12 in Coney Island. So Coney Island special too. And of course, we're going to get to Coney Island. because it's, <laughs> it's behind us. You guys listen on audio. We do have the Wonder Wheel behind us. And this is the Culture Bears home. Uh, let's talk about meeting him there. That That is serendipity. That's something that feels like fate where like a, years later you'd be sitting in a ring and i'm sure that's surreal for you where you remember that moment so i guess speak to it so i was uh 12 years old i was in eighth grade and my parents at the time said hey we got a surprise for you and it was tna tickets impact wrestling came out to coney island which wrestling don't really come out to coney island we're kind of like at the bottom of the new you know new york thing the new york map so when i found out that oh man like this is pretty dope uh i was already a tna fan and when i went there um I had the, the VIP thing, so I got to meet the wrestlers, like shake the hands and everything. And when I met Red, I already had seen Red um, through YouTube and everything. When I saw him, I was like, oh man, like, that's amazing, Red. And I, you know, obviously I like kind of measured up my height because I wasn't too far away from him, even though I'm shorter than him. And I was like, oh, like this is pretty cool, you know? And he was just so humble. And and we were surprised because my, my dad is uh, OG Puerto Rican. So when you heard my. <laughs> When he heard Red speak Spanish, my dad was like, what the hell? Yeah, you Puerto Rican? <laughs> <laughs> and it, 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 it's just amazing that um, that wrestlers were, like, literally in my backyard, you know? And still to this day, like, I hold that dear to my heart that uh, TNA Wrestling was out here. And I hope, hopefully, one day, maybe House of Glory can come out here, you know? You never know. <laughs> or yeah, any type of wrestling promotion. Yeah. I mean, it lends itself well. I know that GCW ran on the Atlantic City boardwalk, so I'm, I'm I'm sure they could do something with the backdrop of Coney Island. I mean, they do the, you know, the July Fourth hot dog stuff there, right? So I'm sure there's like there's a platform and a, and a stage, and there's a, a ability to have a TV crew there. So maybe oh, yeah. House of Glory could run there. That'd be awesome. I'm pitching the idea. <laughs> I love it. That sounds amazing. Uh, but let's get into pro wrestling magic. And you, we just talked about them before about you wearing a mask there, but. It's been a place that you've been running out. It's Ridgefield, New Jersey. It's kind of a hike for you to get there. You made your debut March 2022. What's the energy and vibe like working with the crew over there in Pro Wrestling Magic? And I guess maybe speak to them a little bit here. Uh, So Pro Wrestling Magic was, um, I heard about it. And I was like, when, when I got there, I wrestled originally under my OG mask. And I was the last fighting bear at the time, which I still am. I still hold dear to that, like. To me, the last fighting bear is very close to home because to me, I see myself as the last of the last when it comes to the bears, professional wrestling scene where bears were using like, you know, roles of entertainment and stuff. Mm -hmm. So when I went to Pro Wrestling Magic, I had a mask and I was just like, what can I do with this? You know, 
<laughs> and I had a match with Smiley, which was like one of my dream come true. Like I always wanted to wrestle Smiley. And then afterwards, Smiley jumped me and brainwashed me. And only in Magic, you can see the Psycho Bear, which is my other persona, which is not too far from the culture bear. It's just more aggressive. And I bring my amateur wrestling roots to the, the Psycho Bear. And that, I'm, that mask oh, is sorry. sick. If, do you have it next to you to show just to sh show people a mask or is it? It's for no, her? I don't. <laughs> oh, okay. It's in, it's in the, is it project ma'am right now? No, I'm just joking. It's um, I'm making more at the moment. So oh, okay. making replicas. So the, my gear designer has the mask at the moment. Gotcha. Awesome. And I guess cycle bear, it's cool to have an exclusive persona for a certain promotion. I'm sure cycle bear may make it somewhere else eventually, but what is that like having to say you're working a weekend, two different shows. One is psycho bear. One is the culture bear. Is there a shift in mindset? Is that hard to get into character? Or is that something like once you put on the mask, it feels a certain way? Uh, yeah, definitely. Once I put on the mask, I, it takes over. Like when I put the culture bear, love and energy for the people with the people, um, very gore oriented, like winning the match, but also like I cater to the crowd. I make sure that I let them know that I'm doing this for them. When I'm the psycho bear, I wouldn't say I'm not doing it for them, but I'm I'm there to win with any means necessary. Like I really don't care how I'm gonna win. I'm just there to like take off the competition, like make sure that I get what I have to get. And it, it comes down to the the point of balance, you know. So uh culture bear, fun and loving, psycho bear, not so much. <laughs> both sides of the coin. So Yeah, both sides of the coins. So as a ring announcer myself, I have to get into the intro that I hear that you get introduced as, and I love it. So I'm going to do it for you right now. Weighing in at 160 pounds of fluffy steel and sex appeal, oh. the last fighting bear. So, <laughs> let, so last fighting bear moving away, right? The culture bear is more what we're talking about now, but fluffy steel and sex appeal. Let's break that down. How did that? How did you come up with that? Was that was that a shower thought? Were you just like staring up at the ceiling one night? Like I have to bring that in, into my persona. Oh, uh, remember how I got that? I think I was doing I was you know training and in hog and we had like a student showcase and I was thinking about like a a way to get it like catchy. At the time I wasn't wearing a mask. I was wrestling just to wrestle, but I had the name already, Osito. And I was just experimenting. And I was like, you know what, 160. Well, at the time I was 100 and 25 pounds of fluffy steel and sexy steel. <laughs> so um, it's just more of a moniker, you know? It's like, I felt like since since I was in high school, I've always been very performer-ish, you know? Like I used to break dancing and just wear all these different outfits and I just express myself through my outfits. And moving forward with wrestling, I'm kind of doing the same thing. I'm expressing myself through my outfits. So uh, fluffy steel and sexy steel has to do with the the energy that i'm bringing to the table it's a balance i mean steel and, and sex appeal i mean fluffy and steel are two opposites but i mean if you have both it's like you said yep very soft but you don't want to mess with me so yep <laughs> and you know the crazy part is that people see me and they right off rip they see my stature and they're like ah but then they see the stuff that i can do and then i could go from high flying to just grabbing you and pick you up like you're nothing like and most of the time when i pick people up they don't even help me I do it all by, by myself. <laughs> Hell yeah. So you mentioned breakdancing too. And, you know, we had Desmond Cole here on, on the show a little while ago, probably a couple of months, I think October. And he talked about being 
you know, competitive breakdancer. Were you at that level, competitive breakdancing, where it was a big part of your life, or was it something you were doing as a hobby? I was doing it as a hobby. Like, I was just doing it for the funny games, and I used to do it in the subway systems. I used to do it in Coney Island. I used to do it at parties, local parties, family parties, and it just kind of, like, kept up with me where people were, like, looking forward to me dance battling somebody. They're like, yo, uh, dance battle him or dance battle him, and it kind of just became a repetition. Until one day during my, the talent show in um, high school, uh, I decided to rip my shirt off, which I wasn't allowed to do. <laughs> but hey, <laughs> sometimes you got to do first and apologize after, you know? <laughs> <laughs> you always have the pro wrestling mindset. I'm oh, sure yeah, you're always. using the, the breakdancing in the, in the ring, right? I mean, that athleticism has to really, that line has to be so blurred where you're, there's some things you can do, especially in Lucha, where the breakdancing really comes in handy. I haven't done any break dancing, but I've been shaking my hips a lot. <laughs> and uh, the shaking the hips is actually working, but in certain places, I got to tone it down, you know? <laughs> so we talked about the mask and, and a little bit about what it means to you. And you mentioned you wrestled under without a mask for a bit when you were training. How? What was that? Were you always, were you always assuming you were going to wrestle under a mask? Or was it something that just gravitated towards you? Some, did someone suggest it to you? Or was it one of those things that just, I don't know, one day you just woke up and it's like, this is what's going to take me to the next level. Um, I, I just think I was looking, I was looking at the landscape of the students and how Segoy students are tremendous. Like everyone has so much passion, potential. And I was just looking around. I'm like, if I can be different from the rest of them, I'm going to be different out there. And no one was wearing a mask besides like, you know, like Montequilla and um, uh, Ben Rutten and many others. So I was looking around first and I was like, oh man, oh, it's smiley as well. And I decided to come up with a mask idea. And when initially when I came up with the mask idea, uh, Danny Nemesis, I don't know if you know who he is, but yes. he's, he's awesome, man. Like he's one of the guys that created, he actually created my mask. He created the design for the Psycho Bear. He created the, the design for Osito. So if it wasn't for Danny Nemesis, I wouldn't be with this look at the moment, you know? So I owe him a lot. Yeah, so you the mask was something that came into just I guess not a happy accident, but something that made you really come into your own. And it seems like no matter what, happy and the balance and all, you're very family oriented. Do you feel more comfortable out in front of a crowd by wearing the mask? Is it sort of all right now? It's time to be Osito, and now it's time to be Osito out of the ring. Is that is that really like a button that you can turn on with the mask? Yeah, big time. Uh, when I'm outside the ring, I'm very calm, collective, very cool, chill. Um, I'm not really much of a big talker. Like, I had struggle with talking. But somehow, without the mask, I'm perfectly fine. <laughs> with the mask on, I'm just a little timid. And But when I'm in front of the crowd, oh, man, like, the energy just, it comes up to me, and I just forget about everything. I'm just, it's, it's that experience where I'm looking at the kids, like, across from me and I'm just like man like I used to be that you know I used to be dumb and now I'm doing it and I know they're gonna do it too you know whoever is moving forward and a lot of the kids uh they're taller than me so it's something that I gotta live by <laughs> <laughs> you uh I, I saw some you know some clips and you always put the mask on the kids similar to Ray Mysterio that's influenced by him right when he would go face to face with the kids with the mask on right that has to be something you really drew from him right <laughs> I, I always want to feel my uh I always want to make my fans feel involved with whatever I'm doing and make them feel connected. Cause at the end of the day, if it wasn't for them, I want to be here, you know, hundred percent. That's a great mindset to have. And you see a lot of the interactions. I mean, that has to be surreal. We mentioned being in the ring with amazing red that probably that first time 
you know, you grew up watching him and then all of a sudden you're grappling with him and you're, and he's showing you all the, you know, secrets and the, the tricks of the trade to be good in the ring. So life is funny like that, but let's talk about being a fan of wrestling. And you mentioned pursuing seeing impact and Coney Island because they came behind, you know, right behind your, your house, essentially. Uh, were, was that a reason you got into training, being a fan watching and who were some of your favorites growing up? Because obviously pro wrestling has to catch your eye first eventually. Right. Mm -hmm. So, um, I've been a, a fan of pro wrestling since I, I think since I was like two years old, according to my mom. And I used to do fun flips off the from the bed, and I used to break the beds and everything. And um, I have tons of action figures. My brother used to buy me action figures, and I remember him buying me like Legend series, and I had no clue who the hell they were. But he used to buy me VH, like he used to record the wrestler to the action figure. So then I had like a little history lesson. So I remember the first time I ran into a dude with a butcher, the action figure. I was like, who is this? I had no clue who he was. I watched the tape and then from there just kind of started building and I was a diehard uh, WWE fan until I found TNA and then I found Dragon Gate, which is like the first uh, indie promotion I, I really found. And from there, just kept going like from Wrestling Society X, which is something that I saw at Best Buy, I brought the DVD. And I was like, whoa, there's more wrestlers. There's M-Dog 20, you know, Teddy Hart. There's um, Tyler Black that becomes Seth Rollins later on, you know. And wrestling just been around my life. It's, it's a way of um, coping with with everything that's going on in the outside world. Yes, yeah, spending it, belief. It's it's one of those. Yeah, and I'm I've been a fan similar to you pretty much my whole life, and it's been a huge part of my life. And uh, watching wrestling and being part of it, and f it's funny when you unlock certain doors. And you mentioned that watching WWE, and all of a sudden you unlock the Impact door, which unlocks a different door and unlocks a different door, and all of a sudden you're watching, you know all Japan wrestling from 1991 on YouTube. And you're like, well, how did I get here? But this is amazing. <laughs> yeah. There, there's so much wrestling out there. There's like different cups of tea that I always feel like it all depends on what you want to watch. Like you want to watch something comedic. For example, you go to DDT wrestling, you go to Chikara, uh, you want to watch something more intense, go to all Japan, go to new Japan. Uh, you want to watch something uh, like something that you've probably never seen before. Like with, in terms of like the movements and the pacing PWG, uh, there's so much wrestling out there, which I feel like that's the the beauty to professional wrestling that so much style, so many. Yeah, and wrestling's in really, really good shape at this point with different promotions and there's something for everybody out there. And if you guys are wherever you are, go pursue your local independence and see what's out there. And and there's shows happening every weekend, every every corner of the world, I guarantee you. So make sure you seek out your local independence and support these guys. But let's talk about some of the wrestling you like to watch. You mentioned, you know, all different types of things. What are you watching today as far as a wrestling fan on a consistent basis? Or is it just tape study at this point because it's becoming your occupation where you want to be sure you're the best of the best? It's not really about entertainment anymore for you? Uh, no, no. It's definitely entertainment, but it's also a lot of, like, tape studying. So I'm a huge fan of Juice and Thunder Liger. So that's uh, one of the guys I'm always studying. Juice and Thunder Liger. Um, Eddie Guerrero's Black Tiger Mask. Uh, Christopher Daniels as Curry Man, uh, Rey Mysterio, Ultimo Dragon, a, a lot of tape studying because at the end of the day, like, they're the reason why you got into professional wrestling. But today's wrestling is awesome too, man. Like, there's so many different characters, and I, I'm a huge character guy. Like, I love like feeling like I'm watching something that is like magical, you know. And um, the strong style too, like the fighting spirit. Everything about wrestling is just is beautiful to me. 
Yeah, and you, you said it best. I mean, those are the guys that really draw, like capture your imagination when you have guys that are larger than life. And some of the larger than life characters were on the smaller stature side. I'm sure that's inspiring for someone who's not the tallest guy. I mean, think about Macho Man. He carried himself like he was 10 feet tall, but he truly wasn't that big. I mean, if you ask anybody, I'm sure they would say he's 6'5", but he's, he, he wasn't. It's just the way he carried himself. And that's a testament to what pro wrestling can do as far as you know, perception and, and how entertaining can be if they feel like super, they feel like superhuman, superhuman superheroes, really. Mm -hmm. Presence is key. And then what you do with that presence is what really factors in what, how people perceive you. So when you were watching WWE growing up, who were some of your favorites? Uh, and you mentioned Mason Red and TNA, but so who are the guys that really captured, I mean, it doesn't have to be a Lucha guy, obviously, but the guys that were like, this is my guy. I love watching him week to week, Mondays and Thursdays or Fridays, whenever you're watching SmackDown. Uh, I can't do the people's eyebrow, but The Rock was definitely one of them. <laughs> uh, he's the he's the dude, man. It's somewhere around there. <laughs> but I remember uh, The Rock was definitely my first favorite wrestler. Um, then afterwards, I got into like the RVDs, the Jeff Hardy, uh, the Billy Kitmans, um, Sean O'Hare uh just like the way how he looked and everything and i know i'm i'm missing so many wrestlers i don't want to be disrespectful to the, the guys before me but i was just captured by what i was seeing on tv and the ruthless aggression time is the time that i grew up in so when i saw that i was just like man like this is different and then when ray mysterio came up with his first like debut and everything and the titan tron and everything about him like him shooting up in the sky i was like wow like who is this guy you know <laughs> Then when I got the internet, like, I started like searching him up and I found all his matches or as much as I can because I'm still watching matches of his. Yeah, and he's honestly, he's in the best shape of, that we've seen. He still can go. And I know he's probably on his way towards retirement. I hope he's not soon. But like he, his career is rivaled against anybody in wrestling. And what he accomplished, as I'm, I'm sure you could speak to it better than I can, just the fact that he was under a mask as an undersized guy to win the world title at WrestleMania and be a multiple-time world champion, it he broke barriers. He truly did. It wasn't... I'm sure when he came in from WCW, when he was like the cruiserweight electric lightning rod for people to watch, there's no way. I mean, if you asked someone in 2002 when he came in, is he going to win the world title a couple of years from then? They would have said no. And he, he forced his way in there. And that's a testament mm -hmm. to how talented he really is. And the people chose him. That's why... That's always... I would say that the people... Once they recognize talent, they always choose you. So you don't have to worry about like what's going on with everyone else and how they perceive you. If the people pick you, they're going to pick you. <laughs> we were always going to circle back to Coney Island. It's behind us. The Wonder Wheel's there. It's it's your home. So as you travel from promotion to promotion, you proudly make sure that everybody knows about your hometown. Talk a little bit about Coney Island, what it means to you, and how it ties into your identity as a pro wrestler uh, and what you carry with it. When you go to Ridgefield, New Jersey, Connecticut, it's always with you. Um, born and raised in Coney Island. I was actually born in Coney Island Hospital, ironically. <laughs> and uh, Coney Island, to me, besides it being home, is something that is about perception. So everyone focuses on the amusement parks. Everyone focuses on the the glamour, the the lights, the the rides, the everything that has to do with uh, the tourist side of things. But people tend to forget that there's a neighborhood, there's a community that is left often forgotten, you know? And there's often forgotten people that live in this community. Um, we, we struggle, you know? <laughs> a lot of us do, especially 
uh, when we don't have the resources and stuff, when everything's put into the music side of things. So to me, I hold it on my, my shoulders because at the end of the day, like I want to be Coney Island's first professional wrestler, at least that I know of that's going to bring the title home. Cause I have a lot of, um, I have a lot of faith that Coney Island, besides it being about the music park, is going to be something else that people are going to like remember about like, Oh man, this right now in this current generation, this, there's rappers, there's there's fighters coming out of it. There's me, the wrestler. There's dancers. There's so many talent in Coney Island, but people are not going to see it yet, but they will see it. And hopefully I manifest in 2023, people are going to find out that Coney Island is not only about the music park. It's about all the talent that's coming out of it. Wow. I mean, it's insp- that's inspiring. And that's awesome to carry with you from promotion to promotion. And I get to see the moment. I'm, I'm manifested in my brain as well. You're bringing it back. <laughs> You're bringing it back there in Coney Island and, and celebrating with your family. That's that's great. So this is kind of an overdone question. I'm sure you probably thought about it. So I'm going to give it a twist. Okay. Two, two dream opponents for Osito. One that's currently wrestling any promotion, doesn't matter where they work, and a wrestler you wish you could have wrestled throughout any time in history. So if they're gone, I, you can still name them. Um, I would love to share the ring with Christopher Daniels. I feel like I could learn a lot from him. Um, but I would like to wrestle him as Curry Man, specifically. <laughs> um, now, someone currently? Hmm. Let me think. You know what? I'm just going to I'm gonna curve the ball. I would like to face Darren Richardson in a, in a platform where we can really build it up and tell our stories and see who's the best between the PPA members. Because <laughs> I, I, we... A lot of magic is going to come out of that, for sure. Yeah, give you guys 17 to 20 minutes on a platform with the crowd going crazy. I'm sure you could uh, put on an amazing show, and I look forward to that. It's going to happen. We're going to get that on a big stage someday. And I promise you, people are going to see things that they've never seen before, from my side and his side as well. I would love to see it, and you know, whatever promotion it is, it's worth the drive, guys. So if you guys ever see that advertise again, you guys can follow Osito at, at Osito underscore Lego. Make sure you guys are following him to stay up to date about all his bookings. He's all over the place. He's taking bookings on. So make sure you check him out if he's coming near you. Uh, so if you had a $100 million to spend only on wrestling, someone gave you a grant and like you have to spend it on pro wrestling, how would you use it to better wrestling? Uh, we'll take in consideration no red tape. You don't have to worry about logistics of like, the rules you're breaking or whatever, how would you spend the money to improve wrestling? Like overall, like professional wrestling overall. Yeah. Um, Hmm. I'm going to shoot the shot. I'm going to get rid of people that are poorly trained (laughs) and keep people that even if they're not poorly trained, let's say keep people that know what they're doing in the ring. And I don't, I don't really care how I sound, but that's how I'm going to sound, you know, because at the end of the day, Professional wrestling is dangerous. It's a dangerous sport. It's something that you're putting your body into it. And not a lot of people know what they're doing, (laughs) to say the least, you know. But to better professional wrestling, I would say creating moments and bringing the magic that the Ruthless Aggression Time had and the Attitude Era had where it was something that is, like, larger than life. Like, have people, like, go to their local towns, meet people, uh, get to know the people from each town and place and really connect with everybody, like how WWE really does it with the Make the Wish Foundation, which I, I hold strong to my heart. Like, um, 
I if I see like someone in the crowd, I always make sure that I recognize them, I acknowledge them because at the end of the day, like they're there for us, you know, and we're there for them as well. So I re- reciprocate the energy at all times. Absolutely, and then you know, even as Psycho Bear, I'm sure you're still like there's a PC that wants to connect with the fans at ringside, but it's I all business do. when you're Psycho Bear. All bets are off. Yeah, like as a Psycho Bear, sometimes you know what the last show that we did, we did a show with um, Inferno Fight Club versus Fallout. And when me and my partner Elijah Eden, which is a re- another dope um, wrestler himself, he's my partner with uh, Project Mayhem. And when we came out, we heard the crowd reaction. They popped to us. They, and we was just looking at each other like, what? They recognize who we are, you know? And they was chanting our names and stuff. And we went around. And usually I don't really acknowledge the fans. But you know what? I had to. You know why? Because at the end of the day, they know who we are. And we're there to destroy the competition in the ring and give love outside the ring. That's, I mean, and like you said, sometimes you have to pivot a little bit to feed to the audience and you talk about style, but it's also about presentation where, you know, you always want to stay within lines of what the story is trying to tell and not to step too far out. But again, if the fans are, you want to have the fans go home remembering something and remembering you because at the end of the day, we're creating memories with wrestling, whether you're a fan or you're working in any capacity, everyone you interact with on a daily basis, doesn't matter if it's wrestling or not. They take away that interaction. They take away the energy and the positive or negative you bring to them. Mm-hmm. I mean, life life is just hectic as it is. So might as well, whatever borrowed time that we have out there, five, ten minutes, even two minutes, like as soon as we come out the curtains, make people forget about what they're going through in life and make sure that they know that we're also going through things as well. But we're going to make sure that while we're there, we give them a moment. It's a great perspective to have. And wrestling takes people on crazy journeys and you meet very unique people. And I'm sure you've met some interesting people that you would not have met if you weren't in the wrestling business right now, who's the most interesting person that you have saved in your phone that you've acquired in your three years of wrestling. Is it amazing? Red? Is it someone different? Um, like you know, what do you mean like uh, interesting in what way? Or like, like so that you'd be surprised. Like you if they go back 10 years from now that you would be talking to your former self. Like I have this person on my phone. I have a connection with this person. I would say, yeah, I would say uh, my sensei, Amazing Red, like, I had no clue that I was going to have his phone number, you know? And he's um, he always makes sure that we have access to him, which is a blessing to have with your trainer. Because uh, not other the fact that he's our trainer, but he's showing us that there's more to wrestling. You have to be a good person in life. You have to make sure that you respect people, like you have goals, and also make sure that people um, understand that wrestling is definitely one thing but what you do with wrestling is another thing you know 100 and I, again you talk to yourself as a as a 12 year old you know 10 year old with mm. if you could have went back in time and and told mm. yourself that he'd be in your phone or you'd be, be trained by him and just you guys as you say shoot your shot sometimes like if people <laughs> if you have a dream if you have a passion pursue it because these connections you make in life it's it, it bridges the next gap and you're living the dream right now yeah, like when I before I even like started wrestling, I met PJ Black, and I met PJ Black at Warriors of Wrestling, which is ironic because now I'm always at Warriors of Wrestling with the the blessings of God, and um, when I'm there, I always think about all the people that I met before me, you know, and PJ Black was one of the guys that told me to go to House of Glory, so he was another guy that told me, like House of Glory would be a perfect place for you, and um, if he's if he ever watches this, this is you know what PJ Black might be the guy that I want to wrestle as well. And just let him know, like, 
what he did to like what he did for me at that time, even though it was words, it really stuck stuck out to me because I remember going to college and really thinking about, you know what, I want to become a wrestler. And if there's a dream match with the PPA, it will be PPA versus PJ Black and Flip Gordon, because I know they're good friends outside of wrestling too. <laughs> That'd be fun. So you mentioned House of Glory again, and I forgot to mention. I meant to mention it before, but I might as well just ask you right here. Yeah, were you in the building? With the main event, taking the titles off the Briscoes, did you see that live? Because the, oh, the yeah. crowd was electric yeah. for it. I saw it live. I was just like, man, what what's going on? <laughs> I, saw I was so happy for those dudes. Like the the main event has been, they've been grinding for for so long. They've been so so good. Like it's it's they well deserved. Yeah, they they're great dudes too. And then outside the ring, like they are guys that I got in the ring with a bunch of times, and they always uh give me notes of feedback, like what to do, what what you shouldn't do, and you know. These guys are guys that influence a lot of styles as well, you know. But the next Hog Show is going to be interesting because it's going to be them against, you know, <laughs> Amazing Red and Brian XL. So we, we should see how that goes, you know. It's gonna be ama- that's going to be an amazing match, for lack of a better word. <laughs> but it's going to be a great, great match. <laughs> so part of this show is talking about future stars. And we mentioned a whole bunch during this interview. Uh, such as yourself, and wrestling seems to have more young talent than really ever. Who are three other wrestlers, you could give me more than just three, that you'd recommend for people to look out for to break out in 2023? And I guess use this platform to hype them up and tell people why they should check them out. All right, cool. So Darren Richardson is definitely one of them. If you haven't checked them out, check them out. The infamous Darren Richardson. Uh, Roachy Roach, another guy that He's the hardest hitter in NYC, and this guy, um, he's just so creative. Like, his character, like, speaks volume. Very entertaining, very charismatic. On top of that, like, the way how he looks, he just doesn't look like everybody else. You know, he's aesthetically, like, like a beast. Uh, who else? Hillary Pilly Wisdom is a great character. Uh, he's a professor. So, in the ring, he, he just, once, the moment he comes out the curtains, you already know that he's there to, like, not be on your good side, you know? Uh, who else would I recommend? Mm, I would endorse Project Mayhem because there's three talent there. There's Smiley, there's Elijah Eden, and myself. We also have the Captain of the Skies, Naji, that he made his debut in uh, Remarkable Wrestling. I did. He was a very nice guy and very, very talented. Very, very talented. Uh, just just so many guys that I, I can't think of everybody, but... Oh, um, Encore. Like... Yeah, Encore go way back. Like, we used to train together, and I'm super proud of him. I actually look up to him because he's an amazing dude in the outside of the ring. He's super humble on top of that, like, a great performer. And it's definitely one of the guys that, if I had to pick from now, besides Darren Richardson, to answer, to re-answer your question, I would like to go against Encore. Awesome. He was my training buddy, and now um, I see him doing his thing, and I want to test my abilities against him, you know? And those are, I mean, those guys, make sure you guys check them out. And again, follow at Ocito underscore Lego, because that's where you're going to get all the information about where he's being booked and where you can find him. and say what up to him, go up and buy a shirt. You know, I see the bear shirt. I'm sure you're going to be selling some of those masks too. like buy a hat. That hat is fire. So okay, hats, um, I got hat bags, I got um, eight by tens, I have wristbands, whatever you want. I'll make it for you. <laughs> awesome. And dude, before I let you go, and I want to just thank you for joining and taking the time out of your busy schedule to hop on here and have a conversation. This has been a lot of fun. Uh, And, you know, I would love to do this again in the future if you're looking to have another wrestling conversation. I mean, I would love to have you on. This has been a lot of fun. 
Uh, well, I just want to say um, a special shout out to everyone that has supported me up until this point. Uh, family, friends, um, classmates. Thank you for everything. Thank you for believing me. Thank you for believing me when the times where I didn't believe in myself, you know. Um, and thank you for just coming out to me, like fans coming out to me and telling me how much I mean to them. Because at the end of the day, sometimes I really don't realize the impact I'm making to people, but I'm making impact. Matter of fact, recently um, I had a... The Warriors of Wrestling, I call him, like, diehard fan, you know. Um, he's always coming to me, and I always raise his hand. And I always look at him, and I was like, I was like, buddy, you're always here. And he says, yeah, because you're my favorite wrestler. And that, that brought a tear to my eye, because I'm just like, what? Like, I'm somebody's favorite wrestler? Like, that's dope. That's amazing. And it's a blessing. <laughs> that's amazing. And that kid is going to remember that forever. Every time you did that, like, you're going to be, you're, you're part of his wrestling fandom forever. Yeah, he has my original um, bear head thing. So I wore that bear head to North Carolina when I wrestled out there. And he has my original bear head. So in the future, if he holds on to that, you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So, so before I let you go, just give yeah. me a few things people should expect from Osito in 2023 and beyond. What What should they be on the lookout for? you have anything on the horizon that is something you haven't posted on Instagram yet that you want to share with everybody to, to be able to come out and travel to see you? Um, so expect 2023 future champion where, how, I don't know, but you're definitely going to see a future champion with Osito. If it's in a tag team division, it's in a heavyweight division, any division that there is, you're going to see gold around my waist. That's a hundred percent. I'm putting that manifestation up in the air. Um, and then for 2023, I'm just impact more lives. Um, Get out there, get my name out there. Any fans that want to come up to me and talk to me about anything, I'm more than welcome to be there for you. And also, just as a words of encouragement, like if anybody is going through anything in life, make sure you reach out to them because you never know, like reaching out to a person could change someone's life. And hopefully in 2023, nothing but good things come out to everybody, like blessings, uh, a new job, whatever it is that people are looking for. I hope that they find their ultimate peace and happiness. Well, well said. I mean, that's the, the, the best way to end this. And again, I want to thank you so much for joining me. And you guys remember to follow Osito on Instagram at Osito underscore Lego. Make sure you pick up some of that merch. Message him. Give him, shout him out. Give him a DM on Instagram and buy one of those hats because fire hat, by the way. You're oh, not thank, thank you so much. Sick hat. So make sure you guys go that. I'll include the social information in the description below in the video so you guys can click it and have easy access to it. Uh, but again, I want to thank you for joining and until next time, guys, this has been visit the tavern. I'm Steven Acefield and we'll catch you next time. Thank you so much.